do you think the right wing is going after? It would be Joe Biden and the liberals, right? Well, no. They're going after Taylor Swift and unmarried women. They think that's the way to win? Stay tuned. I'm Bert Cohen, and with your help, we are keeping democracy alive. He's not breathing. Can you get a pulse? Barely. All right, let's yeah. do it. Three, two, and I got a fairly long introduction. Three, two, one. They can't win on actual politics, legislation, or other governmental action that can really make a difference in people's lives. So they're focusing on ginning up fear of cultural change. Fear, of course, is the key word. As often bloody history shows, there's nothing more politically powerful than to effectively manipulate fear. Fear of the unfamiliar, the unknown, the mysterious other. A perfect example of them ginning up fear is far-right U.S. Senator Josh Hawley's new book titled Manhood, The Masculine Virtues America Needs. Well, the 21st century, for some it seems, is just too confusing. What we need to do is reimpose the good old days of how it used to be in the 19th century. White, allegedly straight, allegedly Christian men dominating not just other races, but tightly controlling and restricting all gender roles. This goal of white male domination and control is not something they can legislate. But hey, the fear they whip up serves to unite the frightened citizens who the far right intends to organize into aggressive, militarized troops. There's no lack of evidence that this is a key part of the Republicans' 2024 electoral strategy. And oddly enough, Taylor Swift figures into it prominently. Yes, I'm not making that up. Our guest today is national affairs correspondent for The Nation, whose recent article observes that the right's latest target is unmarried women. And oddly enough, the exceptional popularity of Taylor Swift is in their crosshairs. Yes, they're afraid of Taylor Swift. What kind of a test is this focus setting up, and can this be a winning strategy for the right-wing culture warriors? I have my doubts, but we will see as time goes on. The question is, who is on the right side of history here, and will this strategy of being against unmarried women and the fear of them uh, work for the right-wing Republicans? Our guest today is Jeet here, National Affairs Correspondent for The Nation. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, uh, great to be on this program. Uh, Jeet here is host of the weekly Nation podcast, The Time of Monsters. He also pens a monthly column, Morbid Symptoms, the author of In Love with Art, Francoise Mouly's Adventures in Comics with Art Spiegelman and Sweet Lechery, reviews, essays, and profiles. Jeet here has written for numerous publications, including The New Yorker, The Paris Review, Virginia Quarterly Review, The American Prospect, The Guardian, The New Republic, and the Boston Globe, as well as, of course, The Nation magazine, which I hope everybody reads. Well, again, thanks for being with us. And as I recall from my many decades on this planet, in the 50s, it was rock and roll, black kids dancing with white kids, jungle music, they called it, the horror, kids dancing together. And then came the long hair of the Beatles and those that came after, the familiar reassuring gender parameters were somehow very threatened. 
Now it's Taylor Swift, who's the biggest thing since the Beatles, let's face it. How big is she, and what about her popularity scares them, Jeet? What do you think? What what scares them about her popularity? Well, um, yeah, for first of all, I mean, to give people uh, a sense of her popularity, um, the Federal Reserve, in their sort of, you know, authoritative beige book, uh, Taking Track of the Economy, actually credited Taylor Swift with uh, saving um, the Philadelphia region from recession. Uh, because of the concert she gave there. And uh, she's on track. Um, her current tour is uh, on track uh, to like make more than uh, $2 billion uh, by itself, but also generate another $5 billion in consumer spending, you know, things like hotels and babysitters and <laughs> what have you, whatever you need for a concert, uh, T-shirts. Uh, and not... The fact that, yeah, I mean, like, um, yeah, I mean, it is kind of curious that she has uh, become um, such an object of uh, uh, d- d- hatred. Um, uh, d- I mean, she uh, has a legion of fans. They're predominantly uh, young women. Although, actually, I should do that, like, not overwhelmingly. Like, it's it's about, like, 55, 45, like, you know. Um, a lot of young men like her too, but um, I think it's also the, the sort of nature of her music, um, which is, you know, like in this, it's, she really comes out of country music. Um, and uh-huh. this, you know, tradition of the uh, sort of complaint song about boyfriends, you know, bad boyfriends or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and she's, you know, like um, a, a, a single young woman, uh, you know, who's had a lot of relationships. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's curious that there's been uh, like just um, a whole bunch of. Uh, uh, right-wing squeeds against her. I, I think the longest certainly was in the Federalist where they had um, um, a long article titled Taylor Swift's Popularity is a Sign of Societal Decline. Uh, and uh, uh, that was like much uh, That's funny. circulated on the right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's other things people worry about. She's, I guess, currently in a sort of um, I guess relationship, although maybe not. I don't know with uh, Travis. Um, uh-huh. Is it Travis Kelty? Yeah, from um, uh, he's the uh, uh, Kansas City uh, Chiefs uh, tight end, um, and uh, he himself is a figure of hatred on the right because no. uh, he um, <laughs> did an ad for COVID boosters. Uh, <laughs> And so, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, you're seeing like uh, it bothers uh, that guy, a remarkable. Huh? Yeah, it really it bothers them very much, and I can imagine country music. The fact that she comes from a, a background of country music that used to be uh, the uh, right wing's uh, territory. That was their exclusive territory. Country yeah, music. Yeah, that, that's always kind of a little bit on the uh, like they. You would think so, but I mean, I think that's really a function of like fairly recent stuff, like especially you know, um, uh, the Iraq war and all the sort of patriotic country songs. But I mean, there's also, also always been a lot of, you know, sort of protest country songs, um, you know, uh, you know, Johnny Cash type music, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, uh talking about, um, uh, uh, evils of the rich or, you know, uh, uh, how society, um, uh, mistreats people. So I, I mean, um, uh, and then let's not forget the, uh, uh, what was the the classic the pill uh, with um, oh I'm blanking on the name now but uh, <laughs> anyways there's there's a lot of like country song uh, songs um, that you know like 
are even uh, proto-feminists, just in the sense of, you know, women. Uh, oh, Loretta Lynn. It was Loretta oh, Lynn. Oh, yes. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, talking about, um, you know, like uh, how men don't always treat their women right. Um, and then that, that's really where Taylor Swift is coming from. And in some ways, I mean, it's not even, I don't think one should take this stuff to be super political in a partisan sense. Uh-huh. Uh, but in our atmosphere, like as you said, I think you rightly noted, you know, this is all the the right has going for it. Um, and so they are trying to like, um, uh, uh, perhaps foolishly agitate on these issues. Well, we'll see if it's foolishly or not. I mean, as we know, you know, fear has been, uh, a very effective uh, political organizing tool in the past and gotten some very, very ugly uh, effects from that. And uh, you note that grown men are taking the time to condemn the writer of We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. <laughs> why, why, now, what? There's a lot of country songs. I bet Loretta Lynn could have sang that song too, you know. Uh, although maybe not because. Yeah, yeah, or and it's also like the blues. I mean, like it's the long, you know, the, the, the complaint about your your no good man is uh, is, a, is a venerable uh, yes. part of music. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, um, I mean, it is actually the sort of, you know, politicization of culture, and they can only see these cultural artifacts in um, those terms. But it's also like, you know, if you read more on the right, there is this real concern with both, um, you know, the crisis of masculinity, as yes. you mentioned with Josh Hawley's book, a manhood, but also a fear that, you know, like, uh, there's so many single women out there, and they tend to vote uh, overwhelmingly, in fact, for for Democrats. Uh-huh. Um, and so, so one Jesus was um, J.D. Vance has this curious thing where he's always talking about cat ladies. He called um, the Nobel Prize winning economist Paul Krugman uh, a cat lady of the left. Um, hmm. And he would be sending out uh, emails saying, why are we listening to childless cat ladies and uh, no more cat ladies? Uh, and the childless left is ruining America. Um uh, and, and it's all based on this idea. I, I mean, I think that there has a factual basis in the mm. sense that um, um, married people, including married women, and are more likely to vote for Democrat uh, for Republicans than single uh, people are. And especially, and and, and that divide is like um, more salient uh, when you're talking about women. That is to say, like if you have women that are voting for Republicans, they really tend to be married women um, who are putting, you know, like maybe along the lines of um, their husbands or, you know, uh, trying to, um, uh, or think that, you know, like the Republicans are um, good for, um, uh, uh, for um, uh, 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 moral values or, or what have you. Where, yeah, single people, and especially single women, you know, lean the other way. And and then single people are on the rise. I mean, I think a majority of American adults now are single and the, the, uh, hmm. and, and coupled Americans, married couples are a minority. Uh, and then the, 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 that is, I mean, on the one hand, genuinely bad news for the Republicans, but I mean, you know, like in politics, one could approach it in different ways. One could start thinking, well, we should like, you know, try to figure out what, the, what this growing majority of Americans want and try to see if there's something we can take, give to them and stay in power. Or you could try to like demonize this group Mm-hmm. And try to uh, uh, like insult them and uh, uh, and mobilize your own people around a, a negative identity. Uh, and you know the Republicans have chosen the the second option. They've chosen really to demonize um, 
single women. And yeah, I mean, also, I mean, I should note this is something with a longer history. I mean, yes. some listeners will remember that there was actually a uh, vice president, as absurd as it may now sound, named Dan Quayle, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> who uh, uh, you know gave a speech against uh, Murphy Brown, uh, a fictional sure. character on a sitcom who who had a child out of wedlock, as many women do, uh, and this was seen as like uh, this is portrayed by Quayle as like this, you know, um, uh, threat to America. Interesting, and I note with some satisfaction that uh, Vice President Quayle did not help his uh, his boss get reelected in 1992. So, aha. Uh-huh. That's right, yeah, yeah. The whole Murphy Brown thing did not work. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and, and in general, I mean, I think it's like even less likely to work now than in the past just because the Dobbs issue, uh, abortion oh, yes. has become so salient and it's like very much on the line. And I, I, I actually think yeah, I think we have a lot of fairly good polling showing that on the social issues, the Republicans are actually in the kind of, um, um, they work against Republicans, which makes it kind of curious that they've decided, you know, like to to, to make them more salient, right? Like, I, I think in normal politics, like, you know, you take the issues that where, where you're popular on and you try to um, organize around that. And that's not quite what we're seeing right now. Like, among the Republicans. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, those of us who are Democrats are, frankly, you know, if, whenever the Republicans want to bring up the Dobbs decision, you know, outlawing, uh, uh, well, doing away with Roe versus Wade, we're like, bring it on, bring it on, because that helps the Democratic side. And yet, I don't know mm-hmm. if they're if they're going to be if the Republicans are going to be smart enough to to do that or or, or not to to stay off of that. But uh, there's more and more people who are pro-choice than anti-choice. There's no question about it. And you referred to a magazine article uh, in the Federalist. Well, I'm sure everybody listening to this is not heard of the Federalist. Maybe they have. I, I, it's not a big magazine on the left, for sure. They it, it, it posted an article that you referred to by Mark Hemingway titled, Taylor Swift's Popularity is a Sign of Societal Decline. What, what, paint a picture of this societal decline that Hemingway speaks of. What frightening vision do they see, and by what measurements do they determine decline, do you think? I mean, who's to say? Well, yeah, um, I, I, mean, I mean, the article um, is actually, a lot of it's just like a grumpy old man saying, well, she's not as good as the Beatles, <laughs> or whatever. you know, which is like, okay, I mean, I mean, yeah, I think people are entitled to their, like, opinion, and, uh, sure. so, like, I might agree, uh, but, I mean, I just don't know if that's the, uh, that's even the only criteria that you can uh, uh, measure it, and certainly I think she's even doing something. I mean, I think it'd be a more interesting question, uh, how does she stack up? Against Billie Holiday or Janis Joplin or Loretta Lynn, right? Like, oh, like, like I think it's more useful to to compare to people who actually did, you know, like the same type of music that she's doing. Uh, but, but, but I mean, uh, I mean, because uh, Paul McCartney was never singing about, you know, how his uh, uh, she wants to he wanted to dump his uh, boyfriend, right? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but but then also, you know, coupled with that musical critique is uh, this complaint that the songs are narcissistic. Ah, uh, and all, you know, like all about me. But I mean, again, I mean, that's, these are lyrics, right? Like these are like, yeah. uh, th- that's kind of what songs do. And also, uh, I mean, I think the interesting political part of it was uh, where he like um, links it up with like sort of single women. Uh, 
that um, she's a sort of avatar, and I'm quoting here, of uh, millennial females uh, who are constantly romantically aggrieved uh, uh-huh. uh, and uh, are on TikTok uh, doing videos saying, no, it's great being 29 and unmarried and childless. I don't want, uh, that's all. I want to sleep on weekends and uh, learn to make uh, um, shuka. Uh, so, I mean, that's referring, I mean, this is, again, something you have to be kind of in the weeds of the right to know. Yeah. But um, there was a kind of TikTok video that uh, by, um, a, you know, like a just an ordinary uh, young woman named uh, Julia Mazur, who's a podcaster uh-huh. and, you know, who did this, uh, you know, like TikTok, just like, 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 it's like a million other TikToks. It's just describing her weekend and how she gets to sleep in. And, you know, she kind of like, likes, you know, um, the life she's living because she can do that. And if she were married with kids, she wouldn't be able to. And, you know, I, I'm someone who is, who's married and has like, we have three kids and yeah, I agree. I, I can't sleep in. And so <laughs> I totally take your point. Uh, uh, but, but that video like got a lot of nasty attacks on the right, um, including by this Hemingway guy, but, um, and you this, know, saying, well, this, this, huh? this, this societal decline, I wonder, you know, they're, they're the, the right wing in their culture war, which seems to be all they have, um, they they talk about societal decline. I wonder what what they mean by that. I mean, what is it declining from? Yeah, well, I I mean, I think that the decline is from some sort of normative ideal that they have of you know the sort of basically 1950s America, you right. know, the Aussie and Harriet world. Uh, everyone is you know suburban, uh, white, uh, married uh, with kids. Um, uh, and what they see being replaced by that in this world where, you know, like people are sort of single and not community minded and but narcissistic. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, like, it, on some level, it seems like such a superficial, like, analysis. Even if you think, I mean, like, I, I'm actually like open to the idea that, you know, um, there might be uh, um, an issue with the fact that there's so many single people, especially like if you know young people, like it's actually kind of a little bit hard for them to uh, start forming families right now, like mm-hmm. especially with housing prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the United States, lack of like daycare and uh, childcare. Um, and so like, you know, like uh, I would say like, you know, like if there are people in their, if there are a lot of people in their 20s and 30s that want to form families that are having trouble to, that is a social problem. And then you have to think about it in policy terms. Like, like, well, you know, how can, can we have like more public housing to make housing cheaper? Right. Like, can we, um, uh, uh, have shorter work weeks so that, you know, people can go out and, uh, you know, spend more time courting or whatever. Uh, can, can we, uh, uh, you know, like you actually have to kind of think about, you know, what are the social causes of this problem? But like, what gets me, and again, I like, you know, like, I'm open to the idea that, like, okay, you know, like, you might want to encourage certain things just because there they, they are things that people seem to want. Like, I mean, if you look at polls, there are, you know, people do seem to want to have families. It's just that they're having a hard time forming it. But they're not thinking about these things at all, like, in economic terms. They're just uh-huh. thinking, like, oh, there's a bad Taylor Swift she's singing these songs and that's making people not get married. And that's just like the, the, the reverse of, 
the truth. Like, I, I think it's actually like, you know, I mean, I think maybe the reason her music might resonate is, you know, like, um, there might be, um, uh, um, uh, a lot of sort of social loneliness out there and her music resonates, but like, you know, the right has no policy solution for that, for, for these issues. Right. Like, I, I think that's the key here. And so all they have is blame. Like if you, if you, if you identify a problem, but don't have a solution to it, all you can do is like, say, um, uh, the, um, uh, uh, it's just like these bad pop singers and these bad single women and they're selfish and just have this very moralistic language. So we just have to not hear it. And the, the problem is hearing it. It's like people don't, some people don't understand that when, when one points out racism, for example, that is not being racist. It's just pointing it out. And as you're talking about some of the issues that uh, Taylor Swift and other pop people are talking about and singing about are difficulties that, that people are having. And, you know, we could have a government that actually provide some services like like public housing and a, a shorter work week. But uh, given that, it's it's a difficult economic situation. And it is less pressure uh, to be single, I'm sure. Uh, if you just tuned in, dear listener, Bert Cohen here. The show is Keeping Democracy Alive. We're talking with uh, the National Affairs Correspondent for The Nation magazine, Jeet here, who's got an article, The Right's Latest Target, Unmarried Women. And it does focus quite a bit on, on Taylor Swift. Um, and your, your piece in The Nation refers to other publications wax aimed, you know, hits against Taylor Swift. For our listeners' entertainment, I wonder if you could share some of what the other publications have said to uh, to take a whack at Taylor Swift. Sure, yeah. Well, the Federalist itself, the uh, yeah. the CEO of the, the publication tweeted out, Taylor Swift is dumb and her music sucks. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, like, I think if you're like a writer... Uh, you know, magazine <laughs> publisher, you should be able to write better than that. You would think. Um, the other interesting one is Roger Kimball. Like, he's the editor and publisher of the New Criterion, uh, which is a very, you know, um, supposedly high-class conservative magazine that it sort of models itself after uh, a magazine in the early 20th century called the Criterion by T.S. Eliot. And it often, like, you know, praises, like, you know, says we have to go back to the classics of, like um, Shakespeare and Virgil and Eliot. And um, the uh, Roger Kimball of the New Criterion uh, said uh, Taylor Swift is homely, <laughs> which I don't feel like is, like, factually uh, uh, plausible. Like, I, anyways, um, uh uh, Charlie Kirk of uh, Talking Point USA um, tweeted out, uh, what will break uh, Kelsey's heart first, the COVID shot or Taylor Swift? Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's just, uh, she's as deadly as uh, the COVID vaccine. Uh, which again, like, you know, like from any rational point of view, like, what are you even arguing here? Like, <laughs> anyways. It's a war, uh, it's, it's yeah, a war so, against them, that's for sure, with the vaccine. And, you know, yeah. they, 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 there was that rally in uh, what Charlottesville about a certain group will not replace us. And I, I, I'm yeah. part of that certain group, of course. But uh, they, they're they concerned about uh, the, the changes that are happening. This, this, they may see it as a societal decline. But the fact is, uh, white male domination 
it's not on the increase anymore. There are more and more people of color coming into the United States, more and more immigrants, and they're afraid of immigrants, at least the immigrants from the South, that's for sure. So they're they're afraid. And I, I don't know, it, it, fear does work. But as you know, the anti-SWIFT comments are all bullying. They're designed to insult, not persuade. And that, that's an interesting approach toward the goal of getting your guy elected. How consistent is this tact with the Christian nationalist far right in 2023? And your thoughts on how effective that approach can be to insult, to bully, rather than persuade. Do you see that getting traction? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that there are periods where that sort of approach works. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen now. Uh, and, and I'll tell you something. Look, I think that sort of bullying works if it gets buy-in from mainstream culture. Uh, and so, I mean, when things are something like McCarthyism, mm. uh, you know, like going after Reds and supposed Reds in the 40s and 50s. And I think one reason why that was effective is that you had a lot of Democrats who were like sort of Cold War liberals and who kind of ceded a lot of ground and were basically saying, well, we agree with McCarthy on his goals. We don't like his methods. Mm. Uh, and I think that empowers bullies. And I think once he's up in later periods of like, you know, some of the homophobia um, of the 70s and 80s of Anita Bryant, you know, coming from the far right, I think it got some leverage because there was like people, very moderate liberals, like of the New York Times type. Uh, I mean, the New York Times under a Rosenthal, where like, you know, they had a decree saying we won't even use the word gay. Uh, it has to be homosexual. And, you know, which gave a lot of credence or treated um, these sort of uh, right-wing anti-gay arguments as credible uh, and wouldn't like write about AIDS either. And so I think a lot of that bullying worked because you had liberal buy-in um, uh, on that issue. And then once you stopped getting liberal buy-in, once you had you know liberals standing up for something like marriage equality, you know, that bullying became much less effective. So I, I think the same dynamic is true here. Like I think this sort of stuff could become effective if you suddenly had, you know, some liberals, you know, like um, um, like Hillary Clinton in her pretty and pink phase, you know, saying, I'm going to stand by my man. And, you know, uh, yeah, or the, the Clintons themselves in the 1990s, where they, uh, you know, had this whole rhetoric of, um, mm. uh, you know, we're very concerned about single mothers and wow, welfare um, uh, queens and whatnot. Right. And uh, yeah, I think that that sort of stuff, could work if you get liberal buy-in, but if you don't get liberal buy-in, if you get liberals just saying like, you know, like this is absurd, you're, you're you know, attacking single women just for uh, for being single, and and if you wanted to encourage, um, uh, you know, make it easier for people to get married, you know, well, you know, like there's a lot of policies we could discuss. Yes. If you had people who were like, you know, taking this as, um, uh, you know, taking a principal stance, then I don't think the bullying will work. No, I just, I, I don't. Um, uh, and in this particular case as well, I mean, they're kind of locking themselves in on a lot of issues. I mean, there's a big sort of generation divide. And, you know, like going after, you know, um, as you say, the you know, most popular musician since the Beatles, I, I just don't think that's, that's just going to make, make young people hate you more. Yeah. <laughs> not us, you know? Yeah. And, like... and the older people, I mean, the thing is, like, already, like, you know, the, um, uh, I mean, you're not creating any more baby boomers. 
You know what I mean? True. There's <laughs> never going to be a day, you know, uh, from now on where there's more baby boomers than the previous day. Uh, there's going to be less. Whereas you are actually creating more um, uh, 20 year, year olds all the time. That's true. That that uh, demographic is growing rather quickly. So the, the demographics that are growing quickly, non-white people, uh, young people, uh, people who are uh, openly gay. There, I said the word gay. <laughs> Uh, that yeah. that uh, that population is growing, and therefore, to the to the right wing, uh, it's a societal decline. Gotcha. But the question yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of that, the sort of you know, both the bullying tactics and the fear mongering, it it is sort of like a siege mentality where you're trying to yeah. you know ramp up the people that you already have. Um, and, and I mean, on the process of whether it work or not, I think these sort of politics do work. Um, if the opposition is demoralized, like I think you can take that minority of people that like um, uh, uh, still want this stuff, and you can win elections with them. If uh, uh, you know, like uh, the, the people that are trying to vote for Democrats don't show up, uh, you know, as they have at various points. Yeah, that that's true. But I I don't think. Uh, well, we'll see. History will be the judge, as it often is. But then again, we never learn from history. Uh, that uh, you know, wh which is going to be dominate the old fashioned you know nineteenth century ideal, which never really was anyway, or uh, the twenty uh, first century uh, accepting of everybody. It's I I sense that they're uh, as they say tilting at windmills, and she's not. Uh, and and we're talking about Taylor Swift in part, who is not uh, uh, doing the uh, stand by your man that uh, Loretta Lynn did, and that just, uh, boy, that's that's got to be uncomfortable for a lot of people. And this this whole culture war has gone over into so many different areas, and it's it's curious, you know, it is a political strategy, this culture war. They it's it's not they don't know what they're doing. They they do know what they're doing, and. When the the twenty first century far right was was just getting established and trying to connect with people, there, Catherine Stewart wrote an impressive analysis in her book, The Power Worshippers. She pointed out that it, the abortion issue wasn't what really uh, motivated people as much as they found out that after scouting around, testing all different issues to try to find a hook, what connected with and moved the largest percent of the voting population and their quest for political and judicial power was abortion. Bingo. That's why they did it. It's not because it was such a big issue to them, but because it kind of worked. Uh, it, and in the 2020 campaign, the tool picked up and used to frighten and divide people. As, as you probably know, but we've got a lot of it here in New Hampshire where the first in the nation primary is pedophilia. They could, they could see that there was nothing more repulsive to everybody than child abuse. And it is repulsive to everybody. So the far right put it to work. They engaged that in, in its gears. They earnestly declared, they really did, that all Democrats were pedophiles. All Democrats were child abusers. Not some, all, all Democrats, by definition. And after the election, it seemed that it was no longer an issue they cared about. It just went away. Talk about finding a universally scary issue, how important that may be. And, and this whole thing of, you know, the, the, the pizza gate, whatever, that, uh, you know, see, pointing out pedophile everywhere. It's like uh, 
Shakespeare said, uh, "Methinks thou doth protest too much." I'm thinking. <laughs> eh, I don't know if you could talk about that a little bit. Oh, sure, sure. Well, I, I, I mean, to some degree, I, I do think that, like all that QAnon, PizzaGate stuff. Um, uh, I mean, to to me, it really reeks of desperation. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, like you know, portion of one could disagree with the um, anti-trace uh, people. Uh, but you know, like that is like a legitimate political issue. Like if, you know, abortions happen, there's a question of like what laws you're going to have around it. Uh, you know, like the, the QAnon stuff is like all imaginary. And I mean, to the extent that like, you know, there, uh, I mean, like, you know, like there's obviously real, uh, sexual abuse in the world, yes. but you know, like, you know, like, uh, in the political realm, like, you know, who is it? It's like Dennis Hatchard, you know, who's like the most successful Republican speaker out speaker in the 21st century. Uh, you know, or Jim Jordan turning a blind eye to like, yes. uh, real sexual abuse. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, on the, on the wrestling team in Ohio. So I, I just, um, so it, the fact that they have to like invent this stuff, um, to me, like, you know, speaks of, um, the, uh, clutching at straws. Um, uh, and again, I'm not sure like how effective, I mean, you mentioned, you know, like it all was sort of dropped after the midterms. I mean, like, you know, the Republicans did very poorly in the midterms, like by any historic standard, like uh, being a party out of power, uh, with a, you know, a president of the other party, like, you know, they were, they were really expecting a red wave and they did not get that. And, um, yeah, and, in, and even more so on all the special elections, uh, that we've seen in the last uh, two years, uh, Democrats have been outperforming, um, uh, you know, like by 10, 15%, like, and that's really something. So yeah. I, I just don't think that this stuff, I mean, I, yeah, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but like, as of now, I don't think this stuff is like quite working. The one time it worked was in Virginia, but that was in um, uh, 2021 um, where they won the governorship and uh, oh, right. had a little success. But that that was like really, that came out at the low point of Joe Biden's polling right after the Afghan withdrawal. And, uh, you know, like, I just don't think, they haven't been able to repeat that since. You know, and conversely, they've been losing all over the place. They've tried to make the trans issue, which they've tied with pedophilia, as a big thing. And, you know, like, um, uh, I did a column about this, but, uh, based on some of the research that other people have done, like they've pretty consistently lost the issue. Um, most recently, like interestingly, like in Florida where, you know, like they, one of the rare cities that had a Republican mayor, um, Jacksonville, like went democratic, uh, and the, the Republican candidates had played the sort of family values card, the anti-trans card, uh, and it just didn't work for him. Uh, so I just think, you know, my main thing is that, like, it, it's, um, uh, like the attack on Taylor Swift, it really shows a sort of poverty of actual, like, uh -huh. arguments. Um, and also, like, actual policy, like, like you know, like, well, the QAnon people, they do have a policy agenda, which they want to execute, you know, like, everybody in the Democratic Party, you know, yes. like, oh, yes. but uh, good luck with that. Like, how are you going to, uh, so I just think the fact that they're in, like, this kind of fantasy land, um, uh, it, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't indicate uh, 
to my mind, a lot of success. Um, it has some roots in the older homophobia. I mean, Anita Bryant used to also talk about sort of pedophiles. And uh, I just think that the fact that it's the way it's gone to me indicates more weakness on their side than success. Yes, yes. And it does strike me as, as desperation as well. And you're reminding me, I was speaking to some people who were touring this area who were from Florida, and they were saying how much they loved um, Ron DeSantis because he's protecting the kids from that dangerous stuff in the books. And I wonder, you know, that's yet another way of, of, of uh, ginning up the fear. And, uh, you know, they, they have these... Uh, I can't remember the name of the group here. They're the Mothers for Liberty, Moms for Liberty. Yeah, that's the name. And they want yeah. to control the, what's taught in the schools. And it's it's really, I, I think they're they're trying to push back and hold back the tide. I just have that feeling. So, uh, you know, that, that's pretty Yeah, I mean, I mean, the polling is pretty clear on this, that, like, all the anti-library stuff uh, is, like, not, like, doing well. Um, I just think, um, yeah, I, I just don't think, I mean, and also like, I think a lot of these people, like it's demoralizing on their own side because a lot of the more moderate Republicans, like find this stuff like just weird, like that, you know, like, why aren't you talking, talking about tax cuts or, you know, spending more on the military? Why are you, do, why are you doing all this stuff? I, I mean, it was the Republican debates, like, uh, you know, like they grew up on the word woke. Which is you know like uh -huh. what Rondo said is all talking about all the time you know like woke the, the woke threat whatever and uh, you know like I I, I just don't think um, it's it's been playing as well as they thought it was going to play um, and I just think like you know um, in the case of well I mean the attack of both the, the both um, you know sort of homophobic transphobic attacks and also the attacks on single women. I think the danger of backfiring is much more than the danger uh, than uh, on them is something that they, they really need to think about because you're basically um, giving people, a, you know, like a reason to think that you're, you're an existential threat. Like I think if right. you're like a single woman or like a queer person of any sort, you know, you're going to have to like start looking at, you know, like this is actually giving you great motivation to vote because the political party that I do like, you know, like, you know, it's not just you disagree with their politics, like they hate you. Uh, <laughs> they don't think people like right. you should exist. Right. So I, I just, I just, I just don't think, uh, anyway, so, you know, um, I don't think, I mean, I think it, it was maybe um, better politics like in the past where there's a kind of abstract issue, like, can we, you know, get the Supreme Court to overturn Roe? But once you overturn it, it ceases to be an abstract issue. It becomes an actual issue, like what laws will your state pass on abortion? Mm -hmm. And and we've actually seen this, like, you know, the voting record is pretty clear, like post-Dobbs, that like, not just like in blue states, but like in like very yes. red states, like Kansas, and Ohio, yep. you know, like the, the, the anti-abortion um, stance is not popular. It's actually becoming less and less popular. Uh, not only does majority support for like pro-choice, but majority support for like stronger pro-choice than even rule allowed. Uh -huh. That's actually also growing. So I just, I just, I just don't think, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe it'll all like work, um, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, 
you know, two party system, you're always going to have the Republicans will have some good election cycles and whatnot. But uh-huh. I think just in the long run, it, this doesn't seem like the way for them to go. Yeah, it seems like uh, it doesn't seem to be going their way over and over and over again. It's like you don't hear the word woke much anymore. They used it for a long time and it wasn't it just wasn't getting traction. I mean, they wanted to scare people. What is this woke? It's something unknown. Therefore, it's a threat to us. But they they haven't been using that lately. And uh, it, it so much desperation. For those who may have just tuned in, Bert Cohen here. The show is Keeping Democracy Alive. We're talking about uh, Taylor Swift and the fear of unmarried women. Our guest today is National Affairs Correspondent for The Nation, Jeet here, who's written an article in The Nation, The Right's Latest Target, Unmarried Women. And Taylor Swift is not married. Uh, and as, as one of the uh, articles you pointed out criticized her looks, I don't think that's going to cut it real well. Because <laughs> she, I mean, part of her attraction, I mean, she's up on stage and uh, she does make herself look attractive to a lot of people and attractive in many different ways, not just physically. But the article, and, and with, as we've mentioned, the, the number of married people is declining in America. The percentage of the population that's married is declining. Why does this get people like Josh Hawley all riled up? How is that a threat to the Republican Party going forward? Well, I, I mean, in the case of Josh Hawley, I mean, it is just to say, as you pointed out, he um, has the vote on manhood. And he's really coming out of that sort of, you know, evangelical base. Uh, and they're very concerned because their vision of the social order um, is under threat that their ideas of, you know, like what the proper sort of person should be is becoming less and less persuasive. Uh, and so Holly, you know, um, he, you know, from his point of view, like I can understand, uh, where the anger comes from. Um, I just don't know if it's like a kind of winning strategy. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do think like Holly occasionally makes gestures towards, you know, economic policies that might help um, uh, counter some of what he wants, uh, what, what he doesn't like, like, you know, trying to, but, but it's never really anything substantial that he's offering. So uh, I just, it, it just feels like um, a politics of sort of grievance and anger um, mm. more, more than anything. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just, um, uh, no, I did actually do, I mean, okay, with Holly as well, it's kind of interesting because he's getting a lot of money from Peter Thiel. He's one of several senators. Um, Vance in Ohio was another one. Uh, J.D. Master, who's not a senator, but, you know, ran for Senate, uh, was the third. And they, I mean, it's interesting, all of these guys are playing up the issue of, you know, the crisis of masculinity, right. uh, the rise of single people. And, and that is something that Peter Thiel is interested in. I mean, so it goes. I mean, it is partially, you know, an appeal to the evangelicals, but there is a sort of Silicon Valley aspect, which is, I think, maybe not get enough attention, but is there. Uh, Teal is. Um, uh, a, there's a lot of people on Silicon on the Silicon Valley end, sort of right wing billionaires, um, uh, of which Teal and maybe Elon Musk are like examples. Um, who are putting forward social conservatism and they seem to have like a genuine um, anxiety about um, uh, fertility issues. 
that they're not like, you know, like that, um, yeah, people aren't having enough babies. Yeah. Uh, and especially like the right sort of people. I mean, I don't, I mean, Teal, you know, um, he grew up like in uh, uh, a fight in sort of, you know, uh, white dominated um, yeah. uh, Africa in the sort of, uh, uh, um, I, People might be able to correct my memory on this one. I'm not sure if it's Botswana or somewhere else. As did Elon Musk, and I really see these guys as coming out of the old, uh, you know, like um, white apartheid here, mm-hmm. of like you know, uh, the wrong sort of people. You know, like if the right sort of people, which is to say the white sort of people, right. <laughs> don't have enough children, then uh, the wrong sort of people will come to dominate. I, I really think that's what's at work there. Well, I'm reminded during the Second World War when uh, a certain uh, uh, Hitler was in power, what, he was uh, really pushing for more German babies, just have lots and lots of German babies. And it's, it's not entirely dissimilar. That's the way to dominate with the numbers. But it's uh, unmarried women not having kids. Oh, boy, I suppose that's a threat to them. And if anyone wonders, you know, the hypocrisy is, we haven't talked about that, but that, this is kind of astounding, really. The Christian nationalist rights approved gender roles um, they might want to look at Liberty University, a right-wing, uh, allegedly uh, mm-hmm. higher education place. They're facing very hefty fines because they have a consistent record of failing to report incidents of sexual violence. Sexual violence is okay to a lot of these people. They wouldn't want to say that publicly, but it's about white male, you know, Christian heterosexual male domination. David French calls it a moral collapse in the New York Times uh, that that's been going on for years since Jerry Falwell resigned as the college president after allegations of his own sexual misconduct. Hypocrisy all the way. Falwell was one of Trump's earliest and most enthusiastic evangelical supporters and he did some bad things, but he can criticize others for it. And more recently, other high-ranking liberty officers had committed acts of sexual and financial misconduct, yet were permitted to keep their positions. The old boy network uh, is is in power there, but it's not as popular as it once was. So this hypocrisy, uh, it's it's amazing. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, you raise a really like crucial point, and I would say it goes beyond Liberty University. I mean, the Southern Baptist, you know, which I think is like the largest American Protestant denomination. I mean, they just had like this huge crisis um, uh, around sexual abuse with like many, many women coming out, many prominent preachers having to resign. Um, uh, the church uh, basically bleeding membership because so many people are become disillusioned. Uh, yeah, and this follows on the, the trail of the, the Catholic churches, you know, as we all know, having, you know, like its own um, uh, issues with uh, child sexual abuse. Um, So it is kind of, I mean, in some ways, I mean, like, you know, like to go back to the QAnon stuff, like it does seem like a a case of sort of projection or trying to uh, take something that hits close to home and like, you know, trying to um, uh, find a devil figure like Hillary Clinton. You know, like you know, the, 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 there's a pedophilia problem, but it's not our church. It's like the you know the Democrats. Uh, they're the ones to blame. You know, I, I, and it does sort of. It is interesting that you know, like a, as we get, you know, like a very good cultural turn where 
there's a real growing awareness of sexual harassment, um, you know, like uh, adults and children, and more uh, sort of like Me Too speaking out against it. Uh, that, you know, like QAnon is a sort of way, uh, sort of fantasy way of um, turning this into a satisfying morality play yeah. where, you know, like the, uh, you know, like Donald Trump, you know, like not, not, not a figure of great moral uh, <laughs> probity, uh, you know, like let's have a uh, redeem the nation and, and go after people. So, I mean, like, yeah, I think a psychologist could have a field day <laughs> with uh, the, the dynamics that are at work here. I've heard it said that when you point a finger at somebody else, there's three other fingers pointing back at you. That's a little silly, but uh, it, it, you know, it's they, they, the, the far right. You know, they claim to be, you know, oh, that abortion hurts women. They regret it so much, and they're, they're, oh, poor these poor women have abortions, and they're the right is trying to protect them from these bad things affecting their lives, and it, it is. Uh, they say they're not judging unmarried women, but they they care about the empty lives of women who are not tied to mm-hmm. family and kids. Candace Owens, as you quote, said, "What they're concerned about future depression, Xanax and wine combo nights alone. That that's what they picture that these unmarried women must uh, must have." I had not heard the term negging before before your article what what is negging and how is that supposed to work toward getting women back under control any ggi well yeah no i mean negging is an interesting term it comes out of the uh, sort of pickup artists uh community uh, these are like these creepy guys who like um uh like andrew tate you know who make money like advising sad single men how to get women uh, and w- one of the ideas that they have is necking, where you can uh, dominate a woman by destroying her self confidence. So you, you know, always say like, "Oh, you're looking a little fat. You know, you're uh, maybe you need to um, be working out more, or watching your diet. Uh, uh, have you thought about changing your hair? You know." And the idea is like, you know, if you demoralize a woman, uh, you know, she will like um, uh, respect you more, yeah. and like she'll be more easy to push around and easy to dominate and get your own way. Uh, and so, I mean, one of the interesting things about the right is that they uh, have looked at these various, uh, you know, organic communities of um, misogynists, uh, you know, the incels, the pickup artists, um, the gamer gate people, and have seen these as potential recruits. Uh, you know, and one sees a figure like Jordan Peterson, uh, you know, like, um, you know, very much a male advice guru no. uh so i i just think i mean yeah i mean like i think that what uh, the right is doing is basically with taylor swift is, is sort of like negging uh as a political uh, ploy mm. uh and again I, I just like you know like my response i mean like of course i you know object to this as like terrible and uh you know uh sexist and uh uh, abusive and what and uh, whatnot, but my my other major response to this is like, good luck, fellas. <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah, I just uh, you know like you're not going to be able to tell Taylor Swift like she's like homely and a loser <laughs> and she needs to get married. It's just she's she, she she doesn't she's like you know she's worth billions. She doesn't need you. She she will not be intimidated by you, and nor will her fans. So I just. Uh, that must be what they're afraid of, that she doesn't need them. Yeah. She doesn't need them, and that yeah, scares yeah. the ever-living you know, stuff out of them. 
And one thing that's that's different, I mean, there's been Elvis before, there's been concern about the Beatles, but one thing that Taylor Swift has done that is different from, I don't think Elvis or the Beatles ever urged people to register to vote. Millions of fans. She registered, she called on people to register to vote, and thousands of I guess, unmarried young women uh, registered to vote. How is her doing that a unique threat to the right and gives her more power? Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, the, as I said before, the big thing is that young people vote uh, overwhelmingly for Democrats, especially young women. Uh, the fact that uh, she is, um, you know, has a, an audience that really listens to her and is, uh, you know, like willing to register to vote is a kind of threat. And when one sees this, like the reverse side is that, you know, the Republicans knowing that they can't convince young people are increasingly trying to make it more difficult for them to vote. Right. You know, like, um, uh, among the Republican candidates, uh, uh, Vivek, uh, Ramswamy has said he wants to raise the voting age to 25 and, uh, and other, you know, Republican state legislatures are like making it harder for young people to register and to have like longer residency requirements so college students can't vote. So, so the fact that you have, like, you know, the most popular entertainer in the world, you know, encouraging young people to, to register to vote, that's an obvious threat to, like, this political program, which is, like, now premised on the idea that we don't want young people to vote, right? right. I, I should say, like, rock the vote is actually a very mainstream thing. Like, it actually goes back to the 80s. Yes. Uh, you know, you had people like Bruce Springsteen and others uh, doing that, and it's just, like, the, the thing with Taylor Swift is, She's just like much more successful at doing yes. it because she she's very popular with that that target audience, uh, and you know like this is one of the things where you know it used to I don't think like you know like thirty or forty years ago like you know encouraging people to vote was polarizing in this way like you know people it was like understood that yeah we want people to be part of like the political system and now now that's not the case anymore. And just yesterday, uh, Donald Trump was was saying, "Well, we don't need to actually get the most votes. We basically what he's saying is we need to stop the other side from voting. That's basically what they're saying. They're yeah, 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 exceedingly yeah, yeah, yeah. anti-democratic with a small d. Well, they uh, they have this fear of losing power that seems to define the Republican Party. Uh, they, they as it relates to unmarried women, uh, that's they're they're worried." to death about losing their power. They, meaning the, the far right, the uh, white, Christian, male, dominant, uh, what leftovers from the 19th century. Our guest today has been uh, Jeet Heer, national affairs correspondent for The Nation. And somehow, I don't think Taylor Swift is going to be bothered by this stuff at all. It only, I mean, <laughs> you know, once she's in their crosshairs, that only if it's possible, to increase her popularity. But uh, they're not going to bring her down, that's for sure. There's nothing they can do to stop it, and that scares the heck out of them. Hey, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, yeah, thanks, thanks. It was, it was great. Of course I'm going to let Taylor Swift do the actual singing, but some of the lyrics I have to read from this song, You Need to Calm Down. She says, uh, Why are you mad when you could be glad, G-L-A-A-D? which is a gay rights group, sunshine on the street at the parade, but you would rather be in the dark ages making that sign. Must have taken all night. The sign she was referring to is one that says, 
Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. You need to take several seats and then try to, I think that's rather funny too, and then try to restore the peace and control your urges to scream about all the people you hate because shade never made anybody less gay. If you enjoyed that discussion, don't miss a single show. Subscribe. It's all free. And if you find the information valuable, your friends probably do too. Please ask them to also subscribe. It's on Apple, Spotify, Progressive Radio Network, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and of course, the website, keepingdemocracyalive.com. Thanks very much.